This All right, how many, how, how many, would. how many, how many, how many, how many, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many, how many, how many uh, teenagers have had sex with their friends' moms? Go. <laughs> All right. Uh, David Bradley Eisenberg, thank you for reminding me of Stacy's mom. I haven't heard that song in years, mm-hmm. if ever. And, if ever. Uh, but, <laughs> but you reminded me uh, about uh, journalistic integrity and why we do this show. Uh, we asked the hard-hitting questions like why or how many Americans have had sex with their uh, high school friends' moms. And, and there's a question of abibophilia versus pedophilia as well. <laughs> Huge like, question. How many prepubescent boys have slept with? their mom with their friends moms yeah versus you know post-pubescent that was that's like that was like a mid-2000s thing that was like right there where they're just like wouldn't it be fucking awesome if you got to fuck your friend's hot mom and it's like no i'm pretty sure it would be statutory rape (laughs) i mean (laughs) american pie rode that joke uh until the wheels came off oh my god oh my god Um, yeah stifler's mom yeah you bet too much man it was too much. <laughs> she was, I love that actress. I can't remember her name, but I think she's one of the funniest comedic actresses, but yeah. not. Sure. Also, she's going to be known for that forever. Well, you grew up in a you grew up in a really nice uh, gated community. The water was great. You yes. know, uh, <laughs> everyone's just fucking hot. You know, they had a good lot. good good diets. Uh, a lot of women who didn't have to work full time jobs. They were they all had tennis coaches. That's right. Working on their gams and their glutes all day long. You know me, baby. Also, a lot of cardio. Were, also, they were all second mom. They were all like stepmoms. They weren't real moms because the mm-hmm. real moms got too ugly for the rich dads. You know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tro- trophies. <laughs> there are some trophies. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, I, I, dude, you just keep reminding me of like that aesthetic. I mean, it's it's going to be a little bit different uh, for Gabe, uh, but like the mid two thousands, early two thousands aesthetic as a teenager. God, I fucking hate that now. God, it sucks so much. I I would so much rather prefer a that '90s pre night like early '90s teenager aesthetic because it kind of understood it was like yeah, it's kind of dorky, but whatever, you know. Our clothes don't mm-hmm. fit right, and everything's kind of weird and baggy, but whatever. Mid two thousands, just the absolute, just the z like so terrible, the zenith of being of of awful. It, I hate it so much. I hate it. The zenith of being awful. Yes. Have you, have you ever thought that maybe you're the zenith of being awful? Okay. <laughs> all right. So all right, cheap. Dave. All right. All right, David. No. I thought we were. We. I thought we agreed. I thought we agreed on uh, uh, no low blows. All right. <laughs> uh, no, man. I mean, you know, we're just not teens anymore. You know, things that we used to like when we were teens, uh, we can't like anymore. But. I think that I'm having a real sublime comeback. Like I really, um, and I, I, I really started listening to sublime again more recently. And that's just, just shut the fuck up, man. Just stop it right now. <laughs> I, like them. I like them a lot as a child, as a teenager. And now they're coming back for me and it's, 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 it's resonating a lot. I don't know. I don't know what I, what else to say. Started listening to Led Zeppelin. I, I listened to Led Zeppelin like four months ago. That was really fun. That's that's fine. It's fine. It's dude. Rock. I listened to Sublime yesterday cleaning my room. It was awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I, I, have, I okay. I had okay. a great time. 
I know, is- I know, I know it was the wrong way, but I, oh. I had to do it. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right. We need to ch- chill, chill your jets here. Uh, nobody, nobody's making fun of any of a of a thirteen year old wa- listening to Cashmere and then listening to it to again when you're thirty one and being like, hey, that was good. Hey, yeah, this is down pretty in good. Mississippi, where the sun beats down from the sky, <laughs> <laughs> they give it up and they give it up and they give it up and they never ask. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. fun. It's uh, fun. Yeah, it's fun. But, I mean, they put out a lot of. I mean, you ever, dude? They put out a lot of albums in like two years, three years. They did one Led Zeppelin one, two, three, and four. I think in like over the course of like four years, and now, yeah, these I love did. that. I love that Led Zeppelin album, Forty Ounces to Freedom. That was. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. What I'm I like come was over to your house and murder you. I God. like when Led Zeppelin would bring their Dalmatian on stage to dance with them. <laughs> Ugh. You know what? You know what? I'll still take it. I'll still take that culture, that cultural moment over 2003. Let's wear the worst pants that have ever been invented. Like, I'll take it. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. There was something very gaudy and gross about 2000s pop culture. Like, as soon as we got to the Spike Tips era and how, like, the fabulous life of was probably the most popular TV show, uh, you know, we were in trouble. I think that we were, we knew that that was, we should have known that the financial crisis was going to come. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, who was the most important um, cultural icon of the early aughts? Was uh, w- was it Paris Hilton at that time? Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. 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 And Ashton so. Kutcher was like, I'm fucking poor. <laughs> <laughs> like, his whole thing was like, I wear trucker hats and I'm going to prank people. Like, that was his whole aesthetic. I don't know. He was just. Making, I, I feel like that. His. I feel like he was very reactionary. He's just making fun of poor people a lot. Dude, you can't. You can't prank people anymore in a conventional way because the uh, Gen Z, like, they will prank the fuck out of you beyond all, like, beyond all reason. Like before, they're just like, "Oh, we're gonna impound Frankie Muniz's car. It's gonna be. It's gonna be lit." And now the Gen Z people are like pulling guns on like grandmothers and being like, ha ha, psych, psych, ah, I'm crazy, psych, <laughs> you know, uh, Grand Theft Auto school shooter pranks, you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, just fun for the whole family. I personally um, can't stand pranks as a as a form of humor. And I yeah. I just because I've been asked to, you know, I've been invited to do podcasts or radio shows, and then they'll call somebody out of the blue and be like, okay, do a voice now. Like, uh, fool this person. And it's like, dude, why? Why? What, what? Who does this help if I, like, harass some, you know, customer service uh, drone on the other end of the line? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, like, customers- pranking yeah, sucks. Just, yeah, just a normal <laughs> person? Uh, come on. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh, and, like, crank yankers? Ugh. Remember totally, dude. I just Come on. so uh, I mean, whatever. There are so many people out there that love that type of stuff, but I can't abide by just like um, tricking some normal person in the middle of their day. <laughs> yeah, trying to make a buck. Yeah, like, hey, capitalism and life is horrible. <laughs> Let's make it worse, bitch. <laughs> Let's yeah, just no, do it. It's well. And they're trying to bring, like, they tried to bring back crank anchors. They were like, and all again, mid two thousands slop. 
That was like Comedy Central's absolute main dish in 2004 was Crank Anchors. And they're just sort of like, you guys, we got to get Dave Attell back on the phones. Like, (laughs) we got to bring the. And it's like, look, all right, whatever. I'm nostalgic for it in the sense that I uh, witnessed it as a 14 year old. I want, we do not need to rehash this. We, we simply do not. We have enough out there. Sizzle chest already exists. I love sizzle chest. Let, we can keep using that term. That was uh, the jerky boys would call people sizzle chest uh, <laughs> when they, you know, when they were calling like plumbers and, and making them feel bad. Okay. Um, you got to fill me in, man. I don't know what a sizzle chest is. You just, that's just what you call somebody. <laughs> you just say you just say oh look I, my, my toilet's all backed up you need to come over here now okay sizzle chest uh how much is it gonna cost for you guys to come over here and fix four to- four uh hold on a second how many shut up marie five toilets you think you can make it over here uh in 45 minutes we got five toilets backed up oh my god Ch- chili cook-off last week uh, yeah was you know i'm still suffering from it so is marie and the kids and the dalmatian all right sizzle chest <laughs> yeah that okay now that, now now you're getting into the longmont potion castle territory which i think is chaotic neutral do you guys know longmont potion castle i've never heard of it and i i can't wait for you to school Yo, me y'all are just making up phrases now no 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 no, no. i can no, do no, that no. too man i can do that like no 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 pur- no no there surfboard. is Crazy town. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, Purple no. surfboard, Crazy Town sounds like the best SoundCloud rapper. Yeah. Yes. No, no. We're all just making things up now. All right. You got it. <laughs> once you get see what you once you go from crank anchors, which is just sort of like I'm gonna be snarky and weird about this, then you go to Longmont Potion Castle, which is still this unknown guy. People do not know who it is. Right. And indeed. he he will he will like call these like hotlines, but he just kind of like keeps him on the phone and it's just kind of weird like he's not mean to them hello this is nick my name's trinidad i'm with ups okay i'm trying to do a delivery here uh since friday and no one's picked Pick up, up or answered the doorbell your name is trinidad at yes. ups oh i'm i'm here this is on dry ice, and it's COD $88.28 here today. Oh, I think you might have the wrong address. This is Harry? or? Yeah, my name is Nick Harrington. There you go. I you just, have something that's on ice? It's Tasmanian syrup on dry Weird. ice. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I hear that all the time. And honestly, if I was a customer service person, like, dude, if I don't have a quota, I don't care. I'd rather be talking to a weirdo than be talking to somebody who would be like yelling at me because like I, I my my internet explorer isn't working. Like I, <laughs> dude, give me like this guy. Like I'll I'll throw in a long potion castle uh yeah. in, in in the edit and you guys will love it. Okay, hell yeah, I like that. We still don't know who he is. He's the Banksy of uh of uh, pranking people. Of, yeah, so he's like kind of like doing like just like making people feel uncomfortable like he's like kind of like a nathan for you but pranking he's a he's a he's like a mix between nathan for you and eric andre for sure oh nice yeah okay all right yeah yeah down with that all right yeah yeah Uh, eric andre is the only person allowed who's allowed to prank anymore because he's literally taking his own life into his hands (laughs) he goes he goes up to harlem and then it hides in in a in a trash can and then jumps out at people like that's it's like, all right, bro, you're doing, you're doing you. 
Yeah, yeah. that's the tightrope walk that I really need to see in all pranks. I, I do, I do like mid two thousands pranking. What was just Bam pranking his dad? That was just still. We've brought this up before. But that, was, <laughs> that was actually funny. That was actually funny. I'm Bam Margera, and I feel like kicking my dad's ass all day today. Come on, Bam. Any, anyways, uh, hey, welcome to Ponzi Scream. Uh, <laughs> you know, up? pranking pranking is its own form of financial fraud. If yeah. you really think, if you really think about it. <laughs> speaking, speaking of uh, pranking, the Securities and Exchange Commission today pranked. Yeah. Rob, <laughs> no, uh, no, let's start. The with Securities and Exchange Commission they prank they pranked the American public. Psych. Uh, psych. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's start with uh, with something good though. Let's start with. Uh, Puppy scams. We love them. We love to see them. Everyone's putting on their Instagram and their Twitter about uh, about puppies. Um, I I for one just got a puppy, and I can tell you, um, there's been a all all, all puppies are, are scams. All puppies are scams. The whole thing. you're just you you. The reason David put this article in our article bank is literally because he was triggered because he is now a puppy owner. He's yeah. he's like he's very triggered because of this. I woke up at six a.m. to clean up two poops this morning. So I'm um, glad you did. I'm glad you did. <laughs> the whole Hell yeah! So you know your puppy's like a t it's a, the size of a football, but it's just dropping these Marmaduke level, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just radioactive dumps. Yeah, it is just dropping off two more footballs. Just that's <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is the same size as you. How did you do yeah. that twice? Like, <laughs> when you're a puppy, you, you reproduce asexually. So just, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, yeah. So uh, apparently, because of uh, COVID, everyone's lonely. Um, I I just got a puppy uh, because I am a little bit of a a, a pain piggy myself but there but the better business bureau apparently reported that there have been 337 complaints about puppy scams uh compared to 77 in 2019 that's uh, so adorable if you just add remember. puppy to the beginning of anything it sounds better right like when mm -hmm. i first heard the term puppy mill i was like ooh, i want to work ooh. at a puppy mill <laughs> is this like a, a new cereal that's really delicious puppy mills? Mm, yeah <laughs> 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 ooh, it's a Puppy mill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but then you hear about what a puppy mill is, and it's sad. It's, it's sad. pretty. It's pretty sad. <laughs> uh, all puppies uh, are are just coming from the puppy mill, you know. So what's what's been going on with these puppy scams is apparently people are trying to get puppies online, and they're trying because everyone's sad and alone. And has nothing else to do, and so they want to make their life worse, so they get a puppy, and yes. that is they order them online usually, and people just say send me the money up front, and then they just don't send them the puppy. Fucking that's, awesome, dude! That's yeah. the whole scam. Well, don't be <laughs> don't be stupid and try to order an animal online like it's Zappos. This isn't shoes, baby. Yeah, 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 gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to go out there and you got to go kidnap two dogs, one male, one female. Sorry, they can't be non-binary. You got to find one of mm -hmm. each. You got to yeah, bring no them to your apartment. Dogs. 
you got to fucking crush up some blue chew, which you do order online, and then you <laughs> and then you you lace their Alpo with that, and uh, and then you watch them hump. You videotape that. You sell the humping tapes. People want that. You make a little cream. <laughs> then the byproduct of that is you've got puppies now. And they're probably mutts because you kidnap two different strains of dog, which means they're going to be hardier. They're going to have good immune systems. Good immune systems. Not like these mm-hmm. uh, French bulldogs that need to be sucked out of uh, the lady's womb via C-section and have sleep apnea the rest of their lives. And yes. they get mold in their folds. Okay, we don't have to, we, Okay, we we we, we don't need don't to talk about their No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We don't need to talk about the mold in the folds anymore, all right? All right. I don't, mold don't in the to, fold. Mold in the fold. No, um, no, 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 no. Purple no, no, no. surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a que- I have a question for you. How many and you, you tell me if I'm wrong. How many people what do you think it, the, the percentages of people who have fallen for this who's net income is like fifteen thousand dollars or less because i'm willing to say it's maybe like zero percent yeah i want this is a a rich person scam for sure right this is a nexium scam this is like that level of income bracket for sure the majority of the reports are for undelivered puppies especially for yorkshire terriers and french bulldogs yeah okay it's the aoc dog in the yorkshire terrier I mean, these are these are toy dogs. Speaking of toy dogs, my yeah. puppy, everyone, folks, welcome to Ponzi Scream. Here's my dog barking in the background. <laughs> do you uh, do you know how much a French bulldog costs? Because I do. No, how much? At minimum twenty five hundred dollars. Holy shit, Phoebe, yeah. Phoebe, you're worth fucking nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you're bullshit. Are you kidding, dude? Are you're you kidding bullshit. me, dude? Beagle, beagle mixes, beagles. Honestly, beagles are kind of like a cursed dog because they use them in animal testing because they eat anything. Oh, so yeah. like, yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, they're uh, they are uh, pretty inexpensive. Uh, yeah. No, this is. I I mean, what a, do they even say? Specify like, oh, I'll meet you in your local municipality. No, are they, they literally just say, send us the money via Cash App and we'll mail you the dog. That's what yeah. these puppy scams are doing. And I then mean, they I even know. say things like there's nannies. We'll have a nanny bring the dog, like we'll we'll escort the dog to the airport. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, this is the, I'm, you know, I really don't want to blame the victim. <laughs> I just, I, I do. I just, I mean, okay, I, I will with this. I will with this. But I mean, I feel like this, I feel like this does sort of like kind of, traips into um your computer has been hacked you now need to give us three thousand dollars situation yes. like i just this is I the just, nigerian prince of scams like it's so it's so flagrant like i feel like there is this subset of m- not marketing but just sort of empathy that's that's coursing through the internet that's just being like no you need to feel bad if somebody if some person is like oh no your computer's been hacked uh now you need to give us five thousand dollars and you're initial instinct as a human is to be like oh god better give him five five racks you know i just don't understand like i i mean are you not a curious person do you do you not do you not have do you just walk walk into the rain and just say like huh was it raining yesterday i don't know how it's supposed to rain today like i just don't why would you give somebody thousands of dollars some for a lot of people are getting scammed for only like um $400 $400 or whatever because some dogs aren't like Phoebe wasn't Phoebe was 500 bucks she's fucking nothing like so, like some dogs don't cost shit uh, the, apparently the Better Business Bureau said that 
Total losses from pet scams this year is supposed to be $3.1 million. Whoa! Huge increase. Huge increase since 2017 when when consumer groups said it was $448,000. So, um, I don't know. That's a six times increase, a six-fold increase. Huge increase. Look, even even with that, that's such a small drop in the bucket for all of the money that is uh, generated through black market or uh, cartel activity. Like this dog uh, scam cartel is only making three, what, $3 million? Three-ish. Yeah. Right? So, you know, that's, they got a lot of overhead. <laughs> you <Huh>. know, <laughs> they got to pay. Yeah. It's really expensive to get a stock image of a dog online. I mean, it's just, <laughs> that's a lot of, over, that's at least $3 million right there. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know why people don't understand this. It's like getting uh, an eccentric dog breed or a dog, it's always the same process. You got to go to some weird fucking town, um, potentially in the middle of nowhere. I'm talking Forks, Washington, Allentown, Pennsylvania, fucking like Bloomington, Indiana. And then you got to talk to some weird person who lives on a quasi farmish situation bangor maine and just talk mm -hmm. to them about their dogs for an hour and you physically see the animal you get weirded out and then you and then you go back to where you're from then you guys talk about how much you're going to pay for it, and then you go back to bangor maine buy it and then get the fuck out of there as fast as possible danny it's a very tactile experience it's like when i go to the store to go buy cantaloupes you know i gotta grab each cantaloupe <laughs> yeah. i gotta hold each cantaloupe i gotta squeeze them and that's it. what i want from a puppy mill is i want a big pyramid of writhing puppies all mm -hmm. desperately looking for a mother's attention uh mm -hmm. and then i grab and, and grope each one of them to see which one uh has the the, the just the right uh, blend between soft and hard. Skull. <laughs> <laughs> you want a, you want a ripe puppy? I, okay. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. yeah. You need to be speaking to a woman who has not talked to another soul since 1984. Like who has only c communicated through her estranged son to get groceries from the nearest college town to which those groceries are delivered and she is like the proprietary owner of like the the purest uh pekingese or french bulldogs or shih tzu mixes in like the greater uh new england area like that that is how you buy a dog generally speaking yeah the, what i've heard from people is the only real way if you're going to get a dog from a breeder you want to get a, re a breeder who's going to reject you yeah, it, it's, it's like, it, yeah, it's like you're yeah. trying to convert to Judaism, and they're a rabbi. You know, like you must be rejected <laughs> three times by the dog breeder. Um, I, I've been looking, <laughs> I've been looking up uh, like dog mom T-shirts. I don't know if you guys have seen these, some of these like dog mom T-shirts that are available on like Etsy and stuff. Um, there's like just it gets so crazy. Some of them are like the little voices in my head keep telling me to get more dogs. Um, there's a picture of like a bunch of puppies in the shape of a skull that I found. Um, <laughs> there's another one that says dogs and coffee make me feel less murdery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, that, this is this is e that's even a farce because they're not even buying the shirts. They are making their own shirts. They are getting transfer paper from their printer, putting it onto a Kohl's branded sweater. And then poorly ironing it on, 
so it you it looks burnt in certain areas <laughs> in certain areas and it just says like dog or or just like Bessie or whatever its name is you know dude a homemade uh like dog like psycho dog mom shirt is the scariest thing i could ever imagine like like you're like engraving comic sans into a wood blocker <laughs> that is psychopathic behavior that is someone you need to call the police not the better business bureau oh god this i wouldn't say this is a good guy kind of thing although it does traipse into the sort of like quasi movie pass-esque you know kind of uh territory where it's just sort of like i don't think people should get stolen from but i do like reappropriating the very riches uh the the, the wealthy classes wealth to yeah scam scammers <laughs> i would watch a uh, uh catch me as you can film following a young mm. spry leonardo dicaprio-esque actor who is scamming wealthy people by um you know pretending to set to sell them french bulldogs it's, I would a very, watch that. it's a very it's a very robin hood-esque ethos if you will this mm-hmm. is you know what i would be willing to bet that this is um mostly affecting the I, i'm i'm going to take a gander and say this is maybe affecting the the class of people 20 years old to like 40 years old i don't think an old an elderly person they they're doing the gabe tactic they're 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 cantaloping the the, the puppies you know this is yeah. This is anyone who's like falling for the cash app, the cash app scam, you know, like cash app me 500 bucks and I'll give you a dog. I'll send no. one in the mail. Yeah. Send, <laughs> send money in the mail. Send money in the mail. But good dovetail into our next topic. Before we get is, it an, our- is it an app where we can uh, buy puppies? It is about Robinhood Financial, which is an app where you can buy the VHS copy of Disney's Robin Hood uh, <laughs> for for nine ninety nine on VHS, and that's the not app that you can not gonna on. lie. Uh, a huge fan of Kevin Costner's Robin Hood. Yeah, <laughs> this, yes. this, 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 this tracks. This tracks. I I, I can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, shout outs to uh, co stars Morgan Freeman and Christian Slater in that film. Um, so. I want to say one quick thing though about Robin Hood, the historic character, the historic sure. figure. Because people on the right try to appropriate him, and I think it's important that we clap back. Because Robin Hood was actually collect; he was actually stealing from the tax collector uh, in medieval England. Did you guys know that? I thought he was stealing from the from the sheriff of Nottingham, so he was um, actively defunding the police. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> I think he was actually stealing from, I, I think he, maybe he was both. I'm not really sure, but I've seen right wing people being like, Robin Hood was actually stealing from the tax collector, which means the government, you know, Ronald Reagan is Robin Hood, basically, you know, is kind of what they're trying to say. Um, I, I can't say, I've, I can't say I've heard of the rich really trying to appropriate him too much, but I believe you for sure that there is going to be some absolutely pea brained kind of like uh takes on what that is that's yeah he's in i think that the what they don't we have to contextualize if that's true first off i like gabe's interpretation second off if it's true that he was stealing from tax collectors and giving to the poor 
this just shows when the state fails, you have to have crime take take into account. When the state's is, not working, this is a feudal monarchy. It's not like it's the, exactly like a, a welfare state. No, no, no. I know what it is, David. The the right wing, they think he's a libertarian. The libertarians right. love Robin. The libertarians love Robin Hood because right. he's he's stopping their taxation without representation. That's right. it. That's got to be it. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't think that that's fair to say. It's just saying the state isn't working. Robin Hood is the only thing that's making people get their needs met in the time. And also, at the time, capital and state were the same thing. Like, the king was also the richest man in the land. Like, so there was no division between, there was no capitalist class that was, like, adversarial to the government. It was just the dude who had the money and the army. And that was one thing. And so, if he was steal, if you're stealing from the tax collector, I mean... Well, the, yeah, the, 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 the kingdom wasn't doing anything for the people with the money. It wasn't like they were taking the taxes and then setting up free breakfast programs for all the Hamlet kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's not like Robin Hood was stealing from, like, the IRS and giving back to, like, the small business owners of of. Yeah. Of the forest, you know? <laughs> yeah. He the Hamlets weren't like... the welfare queens. He was stealing from the Queen of England. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The welfare queen of England. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Point, point being, point being, Robin Hood, what is it? We're talking, we're talking about not the feudal 16th, 15th century myth. Real no, we're talking about a disruptive app that's yeah. <laughs> changing the face of investing for to uh, help Fair. welcome millennials into our financial system. For everyone. Yes. So they Robinhood Financial, if you are you know, listen to this podcast, you probably have a Robinhood app. There's not an unreasonable chance. Um and it is an app that is basically like e-trade or ameritrade or schwab it's just you don't have to have any money really you can just have five bucks and you can invest in the stock market with it and robin hood is a platform that lets you do that um yeah it's, it's the it's the it's a brokerage service um so so uh, you tell david tell me if i'm wrong with this because i have a robin hood app you know mm-hmm. and i think the idea why why Robinhood is so attractive uh to millennials and just uh younger people in general is the fact that um it it there's no fees essentially yeah. for for tr- for trading. Yeah. So like my understanding of stock trading in the past is that like in the 90s or 2000s or whatever uh you were a person who was like okay I'm going to invest in the financial market or whatever and then you talk to a guy and then that guy, and you say to that guy, I want five shares of whatever, Ford. And he know? takes a cut. Yes. Because, and he, he charges because he's you. doing a job. So, yes. A real job. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of pulling a lever for you, right? Like it's a, yes. a real estate agent, you know, people who do real jobs. He, uh, well, it, it, but but doesn't he have some sort of legal or fiduciary response? I don't know. Does, does so, the guy, the trader for you has... Mm-hmm. Has some that, laws that he has to follow. That's what this is all about, man. Like they, so Robinhood, 
uh, has grown huge. People uh, has become very, very uh, popular with millennials, especially like the average age is like 31 or something like that. The average or 34, the average investor in Robinhood. They got um, three million new customer accounts. I think uh, or they saw, sorry, the last quarter of 2019, they saw a tenfold increase in net deposits as millions of people were losing their jobs. Um, I'm trying to get the right statistic. Three new customers. Uh, by June, it was doing 4.3 million daily average revenue trades. Uh, oh, buddy. More than so- any other online form, more than Schwab and E-Trade combined. Okay, so a lot yeah. of people are getting into it. So let's paint a psychological picture of what's going on here, right? Okay. Uh, the entire economy falls apart. All of these young people entering the job market getting shellacked, getting <laughs> schlonged by the <laughs> pandemic. And But maybe they're getting that extra $600 a week in pandemic money. Maybe mm-hmm. they got that extra $1,200. They got a severance package. Who knows? They got this money, but what are they going to do with it? Then their boomer parents are like, you know what you got to do? You got to invest. And they go, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to invest. And they go on YouTube and they're binging YouTube like in fucking videos. And in between every video they watch, there's a different guy selling some bullshit supplement like it's mud. It's a drink like coffee, but it's not coffee to keep you up, you know, whatever. And then (laughs) the next video is like, hey, have you thought about investing? Well, check it out. No fees, no frills. Just download this app. Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin they Hood. they have been uh, they've been big advertisers in that realm. They have been very big advertisers in the podcast realm. I listen to dozens of podcasts a week, and I can tell you, I've heard several several Robin Hood. Uh, yeah, uh, these apps. people are getting these people are getting venture capital money from like Sequoia Financial, uh, Google's venture capital arm. Uh, and Ribbit Capital. I mean, these are some of the biggest VC firms in Silicon Valley. They're all getting all this VC money, and they're pouring it into advertisements on cool podcasts. So dumb young millennials like us can listen to it. The thing is, the whole no fee is is kind of is pretty misleading because no broker dealer gives a fee. They take a cut off the top of your earnings. So ah, they're not offer. Ah. No broker has ever. That's the whole point of being a broker is you don't offer a fee. Um, it's kind of like a. It's like one of these like commission based pro bono attorneys where like you don't have to pay them by the hour, but they're gonna take a cut of whatever settlement you get. It's like your agent. It's like they're your agent. No, it's like your agent. It's it, it, yeah. An agent is a much much easier way of comparing it. Okay. Whereas what you guys are all thinking of is what's called an investment advisor. Where an investment advisor is has a fiduciary duty, okay, so they have to provide the best possible financial advice, um, you know, at no interest to themselves, okay, and they actually charge a fee, okay. So yeah. Robinhood is not a registered investment advisor; they are a registered broker. De- they're a reg- registered brokerage service, registered broker dealer, basically. So there are rules, though that broker-dealers still have to abide by, okay? Mm-hmm. In the finance world, the one of the biggest regulatory changes of the Trump administration was implementing this new rule called regulation best interest. We've talked about this before. This is when yeah. a broker-dealer now has, perhaps, depending on how it looks, depending on how it plays out, perhaps has a 
slightly higher duty to its customers. You have to be a little bit, you have to, you can't openly suggest to them like the most conflicted, you know, products available. Risky. Risky stuff that's just like clearly like basically like scamming them right look you got you got to invest in these puppy mills and whoop yeah. sticks <laughs> yeah 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 Yeah, these puppy mills that are owned by me. oh don't worry my name yes my last name is puppy mill but don't worry about that that's a coincidence <laughs> uh, i mean so that that's um that's what the broker dealer system has been like going through for the past four years there's also another rule which is what robin hood got in trouble with last year with finra finra this is getting into the weeds FINRA is um, a self... We've talked about FINRA before. They're like a private regulator, basically. Self-policing. They're a self-policing organization. They're like... They're like the American Bar Association, but they can... They have actual regulatory power over brokers, over broker-dealers. They find Robinhood uh, a million... $1.25 million right around now, last year, actually, almost to the day. Mm -hmm. And then... This year, and the reason why, sorry, before I get to this year, the reason why they find them is this other rule. In addition to having not, um, the broker dealer has some duty to its customers, one of them, they don't have the fiduciary duty like the investment advisor, right? But they do have something called best execution, okay? This mm-hmm. is where Robinhood gets in trouble. And this is what gets to the core of Robinhood's business model, okay? Robinhood alleges that they don't charge any fees, no com- I, I, they I think they may even say zero commissions, okay? Wow. Which- What's the catch? Is anything free actually free out there? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds this sounds like it's perfect. They are just good Samaritans. What they do is they basically sell your trade to somebody else who buys it at an elevated price aggregates it and with other trades from Robinhood and uses that and sells it elsewhere. And they basically have your trade, especially if it's like an options trade, which is like um, when something, a, a certain event happens, you automatically get a choice to do something. That's what an options trade is. Yeah, that that that's when like uh you're like, oh okay, I've got um I want to buy a one I want to buy one share in the dick sucking factory, but I only want to do it once the price hits sixty nine dollars. So if it's like at seventy five dollars, it doesn't happen until like your your trade doesn't go through until it hits sixty nine. Right. You can you can buy that trade even when it's not sixty nine dollars. Yes. Um, nice. So, nice. Nice. Yeah, I nice. know. I, nice. I, 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 I saw what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw what you did there, my friend. <laughs> so, so Robinhood is um, basically they are taking a bit of a circular route to deliver your investment to what you think there's. So, if you say you want to invest in uh, what, what do you want? What, what's a nice thing to invest in? Can CBD oils? You want to invest in Tesla? You want to invest in something Ford. else? Ford, App, yeah, Ford, okay, Apple, fine. Tesla, any of those blue so, chip stocks. So you say you want to invest in something cool or fun, or you want to invest in Ponzi scheme, you know, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. you go through Robinhood and says, "I want to invest this now," right? They have a duty as a broker dealer to actually do it. That's what best execution basically means. 
yes. actually execute the trade in a reasonably timely manner. And so Robinhood just got in big boy trouble last week from two separate regulators for failing to follow their best execution. So last year they got FINRA, got them for $1.25 million. Last week, uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission fined them for $65 million. Whoa. Wow. For these failure to best, for these best, best execution trades. Okay, so Robinhood's growing a crazy amount, especially during the pandemic. You're like sitting all alone by yourself. You have nothing to do. Can't see your friends. May as well get on Robinhood and do some crazy shit because the economy is in free fall. And I, I want to just see if I can make some money while I'm working from home. That's the Robin Hood person, right? And yes. They, um, basically, there's this process that's a violation of the best execution rule called payment for order flow, okay? Robin, one of Robin Hood's selling points to customers that was that trading was commission-free, but due in large part to its unusually high payment for order flow rates, Robinhood customers' orders were executed at prices that were inferior to other brokers' prices. Okay, mm. so what that means is that you say I want to buy Tesla at four hundred and twenty dollars on June 9th. Okay, and that's what you want to because that's when it's good. That's when it's really really good. But they take their goddamn sweet time, and by the time they actually the transaction because they're going through all these intermediaries. Okay, payment for order flow, people. By the time it actually gets to Tesla, uh, it's it's actually a um, hundred dollars, and so you're losing money through that. Okay. Yeah, it's important to notice, uh, like, what David's saying basically amounts to just like slow trading, and I can I I can attest to that because I remember when I first got the Robinhood app, you would be like. Oh, I'm going to buy an app or I'm going to buy a, a stock now. So you place an order for a stock. And what happens is it doesn't say like you've bought this stock or whatever. It like adds it into your sum total of money that you have invested. But there's like language in it that basically says when we will like you will get this soon or this has been bought and will be executed soon. It doesn't concretely say, okay, you're done. You've done this. Yeah. It's especially weird if you buy a stock uh, in off hours between, you know, like 5 p.m. and like, right. you know, in the middle of the night. Because then they're like, once the market opens, we'll buy this stock for you. And you're just sort of like, wait a minute, what? How is it? I thought this was like an instant thing. You know, it's, it's, it's just not that simple, essentially. Right. But it, it's an app, so it has to give you that instant gratification in some way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that's just misleading and it ends up hurting you because if the stock market opens three days later when they actually execute the trade it's at a totally different thing you really you can really lose a lot of money yeah really really quick. i mean like think about what happened in march between like march 10th and march 20th maybe march 30th like yeah we had the like one of the single biggest collapses of the stock market in two weeks that we had had since the great depression if not even more even if not even steeper i mean it was gargantuan as people went to a nationwide lockdown right um robin hood if they if they didn't execute on january on march 10th and they waited till march 20th i mean you could lose 
so much money. Absolutely. And what they're doing is they're taking their sweet time because they're making money every step of the way because they're mm-hmm. just taking their sweet time to actually do the to go through these intermediaries and do these ux- other little extra trades along the way. Um, so that's what they've been doing. They got in trouble for that. Then there was a third action that was filed against Robinhood Financial last week. Okay, this one came from the Secretary of State from Massachusetts. Okay, this guy he's kind of a notorious Secretary of State. His name is William Galvin. He's been ele- I think he's elected because he's been in office for like twenty years, and he's gotten a big reputation on Wall Street as being very hard on Wall Street. All right, William Galvin, and also in Massachusetts, um, they enacted a new rule, which says this happened this year. So like it came, it just was enacted maybe in May of this year, that a broker dealer owes a fiduciary duty to its customers for any advice that it gives. So if you if you are a broker dealer and you're offering any advice, you owe fiduciary just like an investment advisor does. Ah, yeah, they're holding them to the same standard. Yeah. So this is the first state, first jurisdiction in the country that's ever implemented this. Okay, and they immediately. The way, the way that they, who they go after first is Robinhood, sending a huge statement because Robinhood is like, you know, clearly very bullish, making a huge, a lot of money. Everyone's seeing them as like the Google and the Tesla, but of like, you know, retail trading. They're, they kind of have this like niche of like huge growth potential, basically. And the first one that they go after is, is Robinhood. And they file a complaint. They haven't alleged how much money it's going to be, but it's only for Massachusetts customers, okay? And it's only for so long as the fiduciary rule has basically been in, been in place in Massachusetts. Does that huh. make sense? Yeah. it's. I mean, it's goofy because it's that weird state-by-state state shit. It but is state-by-state state State's yeah, rights, yeah. baby. So as, <laughs> Super so, important. I mean, it, it's kind <clears throat> of... That's what the whole states... That's how, <clears throat> we, you know, that's how some of these states regulators do shit is when you you have the federal government be a floor right and then you can have the states make things more progressive within their own little jurisdictions right yeah i mean in massachusetts alone this is how we this is the vague idea of what we're expecting right they're thinking as of december 8th 2020 robin hood had four hundred and eighty six thousand and and more massachusetts customer accounts Okay, with a total value of one point six billion dollars. Woo! That's what the complaint says. Okay, so they are alleging a violation of the fiduciary duty. You know, again, higher than any other duty that any other broker dealer in the country owes, just for their Massachusetts customers alone. So they're growing. Robinhood's doing really well, but what Matt, they're trying to get him them on is the gamification specifically okay yeah yeah this is and this is this is a real thing this is a real um phenomenon that happens again as a robin hood person as a person who has the app i got caught up in the same thing you know i when i when i first got it i you know was like oh I'll, i'll get i'll get a couple stocks or whatever you know and i didn't know anything about investing i I didn't have nearly as big of an issue as like i think some people did where they're investing like thousands of dollars 
But, you know, I was just, I, I took the sort of naive approach that people, if you've never had any experience with the stock market, people will take. Like, I was like, oh, I want to invest in, like, you know, this company because I think they're good at what they do, which, while, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, pure and noble or whatever is, is, as David has said, you know, just not how the stock market works. The stock market is random. It's, it, it's chaotic and it's getting more like zombified as time goes on. So if you're me and you edit the podcast on Adobe Audition and you're like, oh, I like Adobe, I should invest in Adobe. You know, and then, you know, three weeks later, Adobe loses, you know, a hundred dollars or something like that. And you're like, but why? Why did it lose a hundred dollars? It's a web based editing platform. It should be making money. That's not how the stock market works. Mood it's, ring, baby. It's a mood it's ring. A mood, it's a mood ring. It it doesn't matter, you know. I mean It's a vibe, all, son. It is it's a vibe. <laughs> Dude, all's all you have to know about the best representation of the stock market is just Tesla's stock. Tesla's stock, which has gone from like, I think last year this time it was around like two hundred ish dollars. You know, Elon Musk uh, joked about taking it private again at four hundred and twenty dollars because he's a plebe. Um, God damn it! But but then it like the stock market is so insane right now that not only did it jump past four hundred and twenty dollars, it went to like six hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars. You know, and then dip back down to like seven hundred or six fifty. Like that's that that's too erratic, you know. I mean, Elon Musk is like one of the most erratic, uh, insane le- like leaders of a of a of a company I've seen in a very long time. I mean, not since Trump as someone just like so he's just he's just Gen X Trump. I just like there's no other way to describe him. Um, he it, but like if the re- investing in one single company is crazy because if you have an Elon Musk character or there's some. Mm-hmm. random thing that happens to that company and that's completely out of your control, completely out of control of the product itself, okay? Let's say, like, I don't know, you want to invest in Tesla, but all of a sudden lithium becomes incredibly expensive. Something outside of the realm of anything that you would have expected, all of a sudden your Tesla shares go down because people are hedging against it, you know? Or you... Elon Musk just openly violates an SEC law by tweeting uh, that he wants to take the company private on Twitter, okay? Any regulatory action. Or uh, they get sued for you know racism in their factories. Like, all of these things could happen with a company that you don't... No one follows. Like, no one has the time to really follow up on every single thing, every single minutia, every single element of society that could impact a company... Uh, unless you're paid to do it or unless you're retired and bored, okay? Mm-hmm. And so you're just going to end up getting subject to these crazy whims and these crazy uh, ups and downs of I- investing in individual stocks. That's the whole point of having an index fund is just invest in a wash. Just invest in a broad swath of companies and you're going to mitigate your risk and you're going to have steady performance year over end. And that's going to be the whole thing. Um, and you're going to do much better over the long term than what you would have done. I mean, it's the same thing with, like, private equity. It's the same thing with, like, if you want to invest in, like... Like, there's been multiple studies that have come out this year that, like, private equity firms get beat by index fir- uh, funds. Private equity is, like, you know, a private fund that only rich people can invest in. 
right? Mm-hmm. But they charge insane fees. They, tra- you know, um, and fees that no normal person has ever expected in their entire 20% stuff like that, you know? And they, on, in the long term, they just end up making just as much money as an index fund does. Yeah, they, they, they pull the Warren Buffett and just S&P, S&P 500. Right. So I want to go over quickly some of the gamification things that it does. Um, I do love you... games. Is it like Animal Crossing? <laughs> yeah. When you, execute tra- <laughs> when you execute a trade, confetti goes down. I don't know if you ever saw this, Danny, but if you like... If you actually like invest in something, they'll give you a little thing. Um, yeah. yeah, I yeah, love that. That's like whenever I write uh, "Happy Birthday" to somebody, my phone like vibrates and does like a little rumble pack thing with oh, like yeah. fireworks. <laughs> and yeah. so I just want to write "Happy Birthday" to people even when it's not their birthday for that feeling. For the feeling, it's like the birthday yeah. posts. You know, I'm hooked on a feeling. You might yeah. say, yeah. Um, not only does it do that, uh, the confetti thing that you just mentioned, David, but there was a big. Uh, it was a big deal when Robinhood eventually opened up its market slowly to uh, cryptocurrencies. Ooh, love a good crypto story. That's the and, future, guys. And that was especially especially goofy because you know the Robinhood, um, the Ro- the Robinhood uh, uh, interface interface. It's like you know it's fairly you know. Uh, streamlined. It it looks nice. It's whatever you know. Yeah. It, it it if it if it looks like a VC firm. It, it just looks like venture capital. Great yeah. user experience. Yeah. yeah. It, it, if the stock is going up, it's green. If it's gone down, it's uh it's red. But but and this is very funny. When they started doing uh cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Litecoin, and what have you. Yeah. Uh, there was a special little section for them, and. Because those stocks are not whim to uh, nine to five, you know, regular work hours and whatever, they would they change all the time. And and when you clicked on that area, the sort of up and down arrows turned into a more of like a Tron looking like setup where it looked like, oh. it was like crypto. It it lo- it's different. Ooh, yeah. I'm, I'm playing Metal Mario now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You were, you were, you were T one thousand Mario for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, uh, Robinhood also, uh, this is from the Massachusetts complaint. There's this new cash management feature uh, with an early access waitlist, basically. So, there's this new feature. You got to get on a waitlist, right? And if you interact daily with the app, you get moved up along in the waitlist. Okay, mm-hmm. and if you don't, you get moved down the waitlist. If you don't play, if you don't trade, and and this is the thing, it's like all these apps encourage people to spend as much time as possible doing it. But when you're literally encouraging people to execute trades, that is a violation of a broker dealer's duty. Like it, it, it you can't incentivize people to make a trade because that is not. A good if that if it's not a good idea for them to do so that's e- even at broker dealers like lower than fiduciary standard you still can't do that you still can't say like hey man like um i'm gonna give you an extra 50 bucks for every single time you invest uh in in my company like you you just can't does that make sense like you're 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 rapidly degenerating into gambling at that point i mean the stock market is gambling on its own yes. now you're ju- now you're just you're double gambling. <laughs> You're <laughs> you <know>? double gambling. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so I mean, they um, you get moved up the wait list <clears throat> for being able to continue to execute these trades. And the more trading you do is not necessary. It is not that you are going to be making more money every time you do a trade, but your broker-dealer will absolutely make money every single time you do a trade. So if they reward you for giving them the more money every single time, it is feed it is a feedback loop that it that is exactly um destructive. I mean that that, that, that there's no other way to put it, right? Um and so the more trades you do, they're going to make a whole lot. I mean it, it's like the equivalent of and then uh, sorry, uh, uh, let me back up for a sec. So anyways, that that's all I have to say about that. Um there is Another feature of the Robinhood app that is very strange, uh, where they have recommend they've recommended trades mm-hmm. based off of things activity that you've done beforehand, and you can't and they claim that these are not recommendations, right? If you are a broker dealer and you're making a recommendation, you are subject to this best interest recommendation thing, okay? This rule. Uh, this is just some advice. I mean, there's a term we like <laughs> to use that's legally binding called a recommendation. This is just my two cents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called the my two cents feature. Yeah. <laughs> so you, they, if you do that, which happens all the time with a broker, like if you talk to any broker, they will give you advice. It just, it, it's like sometimes they give you one-off advice. Sometimes they have an entire strategy. Um, but they still sometimes will be registered as a broker-dealer, not as yeah. a registered investment advisor. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, you still there are still rules around the ways that you recommend products. And the Massachusetts complaint compares it to this. This is no different. Like, the way that Robinhood has these recommended apps, these recommended securities to invest in, this is no different from a broker-dealer agent handing a list of securities to a customer pretending to be surprised when the customer purchases securities from that list and then proclaiming that he made no recommendations to the customer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's they are they're traipsing into an area that um in another app set another app, a non-financial app, uh it might even make sense. It's like, "Hey, oh, do you like fucking this Bumblebee app? Well, maybe you'd like, you know, this app about flowers." I mean, like that's that's right. har- that's harmless uh, otherwise, but you can't do that with Dude, financial my, shit. Uh, my favorite scene in Training Day is uh when Denzel Washington is uh he's like smoke he's like, "Ooh, look at this. It's weed." And he hands it to uh Ethan Hawke and he's like, "Smoke that now. If you're going to be undercover, you got to smoke this now." And Ethan Hawke's like, "I'm a cop. I can't I shouldn't smoke this." But he's like, "I'm your supervisor. Do it." And he smokes it and uh and and he's like, "Oh yeah, didn't you smell that? That's actually PCP. I guess you love getting wet." And now <laughs> Ethan Hawke is like tripping uh-huh. balls in shotgun. Uh-huh. And he's like, I can't believe this. I just smoked PCP and it's your fault. And he's like, what do you mean your fault? I didn't tell you to do that. That was your decision. Live with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, uh, Robin Hood. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, that's that's like identical to a Chappelle show sketch. Isn't that the Wayne Brady Brady one? (laughs) No, it's uh, it's, uh, (laughs) no Denzel. It's like the app is like Denzel. It's just like... (laughs) All right. <laughs> I see you like now. Apple. I see you like Apple. Maybe you'd maybe you'd enjoy maybe you'd enjoy investing in Intel. All right. 
<laughs> oh, you just lost all that it's, money? <laughs> I didn't tell you to do that. Live with yeah, your okay. decision. <laughs> all right. All right. Denzel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, absolutely insane. So there are... <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's just lying, right? That's all it really is. And they're making money off of every single time that they do that. So it's like training day, but instead of lying to them about smoking PCP, they're the PCP dealer. Mm-hmm. You know. Also, there's like a crazy double standard, too, because if you delve into the app, you'll find warning settings. It'll basically be like, do not day trade. Do not day trade or we will deactivate you. And it's just sort of like... What? What? You want it both ways? You want me to make as many executions as possible, but I can't go I can't go silly silly goose on you and you know like buy app buy like four shares of Apple at $400 at 9am and then when it's at like $402 sell it. What is it? Is it this way or that way? Come on. Let me let me be a silly goose. Come on. Because they know you can't day trade because you're not actually buying it that day. It's exactly. Like ultimately the exactly. Tr- like uh, they may be like doing it under the guise of investor protection, but they're also, um, they're not actually executing at 9am. They're not actually, you know, and they're not executing that trade at 5pm that day either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then there's also another, um, really, uh, scary thing about the Robinhood platform that's been going on a lot because of its high volume, they've shut down a bunch. The app has actually just completely gone black at certain really, really volatile moments in the stock market. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and so there's, um, I think the Massachusetts example gives this one, uh, discussion about, uh, on March 2nd. Okay. One of the most notable outages occurred March 2nd and March 3rd, 2020 on March 2nd, the Dow Jones industrial average experienced what was the largest point gain in its history at that time. However, Robinhood's trading platform collapsed at market opening on March 2nd, 2020, <laughs> leaving its millions of customers unable to benefit from the historic market gains. The collapsed platform remained inoperative for the entire day of March 2nd and part of March 3rd. Whoa! Robinhood, <laughs> the the whole day? <laughs> yeah. Robinhood knew or should have known well before March 2020 that the infrastructure of its trading platform was incapable of supporting its rapidly expanding customer base. However, Robinhood was plagued by outages or disruptions every month throughout the remaining of the year, including six in April 2020, 15 in June 2020, and seven in August 2020. Robinhood even admitted that the outages and disruptions on its trading platform were in part the result of lack of sufficient infrastructure. Despite its inability to maintain an adequate infrastructure, Robinhood continues to invite more and more customers to open accounts, and once these accounts are open, encourages customers to use the platform constantly. Yep. This is like, (laughs) meanwhile, in the background, you just have a Mr. Burns-esque character with a a, a antique bespoke beautiful brass stock ticker just sort of like <laughs> fucking cucks <laughs> i will never go down <laughs> but it's true they they the like i mean again it is the myth of the internet that it is just this um you know mystical magical thing that never stops 
it is it is not connected to reality. It, there are no wires when, in fact, again, the Internet is just literally uh, copper, sometimes going underneath the uh, a giant copper tube, essentially, or of uh, um, um, electron. Oh, what's that thing? Uh, a fiber optic cable going right. underneath the Atlantic Ocean. But that's that's how Europe has the Internet connected to the United States internet it is data centers the size of like 10 square blocks you know with energy costs through the roof because if you do not cool these places they will catch fire and they're just sort of like no keep coming it's not real it's not real don't worry there aren't actual costs to these things it's in the cloud baby yeah there it's like if any if, if i were to impress anything upon anyone it's that there is the cloud is the biggest uh, advertising f- uh, f- uh, flip of, of of this century. There is no such thing as a cloud. It's literally a data center in the Dalles, Oregon, that is nas- naturally aspirated because it's always forty degrees there. Like that's that's the only that's the only way these things work. And Robinhood just gets to get away with that because they're like, no, 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 more, more. This keep is do- fintech. Keep doing baby. this. This is yeah. fintech. Like. When you talk about the convergence of the financial sector and the tech sector, you're running into like severe technical issues, huge disruptive forces that completely upend the way that people live their lives, the digital revolution, meeting just like standard like meat and potatoes financial rules about things you're not supposed to do. Because if you do them, you are going to hurt millions of people. Like mm-hmm. if you like disruption has consequences. You know, like if you want to completely upend the way that everything operates, there are still people that are on the other end of that. And you have you can't execute these like insane trading schemes on your app just because you can. You're still going to run into a financial regulator saying like no, you just can't Stop. do that. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Just, in fact, we're going to make the rule, what they did in Massachusetts, they said, actually, we're making the rule even stricter than it used to be beforehand. So fucking do it right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, we're <laughs> this is just like in uh, the turn of the century when cars were just invented and there was no such thing as a stoplight or any of these things. And it's just like, you just had stories of it's like, Ah, uh, yes, another dozen people died today because a motorist was, and you know, just like destroyed a bunch of people. And because <laughs> a, a ten-year-old, uh, uh, who drunk on his breakfast beer, decided to drive, <laughs> decided to drive his car twenty miles an hour and hit like four uh, donkeys, and uh, yeah, <laughs> turn over an, an apple cart. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just it, it, and like and in the back in the background, the inventor of this is just like, what? What? I didn't do anything. It's just like, no, this is literally this is what regulation is supposed to prevent is yeah. <laughs> it, like new... needless suffering. Yeah. And it's not a, like a new concept just because something is new technology does not mean that it is a new concept in the universe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not a paradigm shift, bro? No. Nah. Uh, Robin Hood is really not. It's just like transferring exactly what we used to do 
uh, from like from our desktop onto our phone or like from a phone call to the desktop or like going to the company to doing it on the phone. Like these technological changes, yes, it's easier. You don't have to call your broker anymore. You can just do it on your app or whatever, but it is still the same principle. Um, yeah, honestly, you know what? Again, uh, the convenience, whatever, that's a cool thing. But like, I don't know, man, embrace division, reject modernity. I would love to, I'd love to get on the fucking horn with a giant phone from 1980. Just be like, Gary, Gary, how, how, <laughs> how, how, is your, how is your fat wife? All right. I need, <laughs> I need 1,700 shades of four. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I'll send you a Christmas goose. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. I mean, that is a good question of like, what is the right solution to this sort of stuff, right? Because like, this has clearly hurt a bunch of people. I mean, there was a one story of someone who did Robinhood so much, and then they lost so much money because there was a glitch in the Robinhood app that made it seem like they lost a huge swath of money. This person killed themselves. Yeah, they walked in front of a train. <laughs> yeah. So scary. You know, so it's like, what do you do with this sort of stuff? I don't know. It's, a, it's like, it's a real question if you're thinking about challenging capitalism in a fundamental way. What do you do with the stock market and trading? And what would be, what's an alternative that makes this better and makes this, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think we'll leave. I mean, we can leave it sort of open-ended there, but yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, it depends on how you define things, right? If you're going to abolish all private property, then like there's no answer to this. This is just not. Sure. This is going to be a thing, an artifice of capitalism that will never just, it, it will just become obsolete. We will just never remember it. Um, but if you're thinking about maintaining some sort of private property, but having more public ownership, um, you just don't have, just don't have people investing in individual companies. Just have everyone in an index fund. Get everyone in a pension, okay? Fucking get in a union so you can get a pension. And then your pension is managed by an investment advisor who manages a diverse portfolio for millions of people sometimes. And that has broad exposure to various uh, different you know market exposures. When you invest in a broad portfolio, it's kind of generalized and you have companies in there though that uh, you might find unethical. You know, like mm -hmm. what if there's a private prison in your portfolio or like a, a bullet maker or, yeah. uh, you know, gas boys and well, you're just funding these petro oligarchs by investing in these funds. Huge thing that people talk, do all the time is like when you own the, the one of the weird democratic quirks of capitalism is that when you own something, no matter how marginal it is, yeah, you own a stock and something to a degree. The Trump administration has made this harder, but to a degree, you can file what's called like a proxy statement saying that you don't support this or you can divest hmm. from something because, uh, you know, you don't support this practice or you want to, like, have this mutual fund divest from fossil fuels or private prisons. It's a very, I mean, this is the, the ESG kind of thing. And every year, all corporations who are publicly owned uh, can have these sort of shareholder proposals where shareholders can say, we want this company to operate differently this way. 
not binding things, but they can still say it, or you can divest uh, from those sorts of things. You talk to your, you know, your mutual fund person, and your mutual fund can um, have a, a mutual, like your mutual fund provider, like T. Rowe Price or Fidelity or whatever, can offer a mutual fund that doesn't invest in private prisons. They have screens yeah. now where you can screen out coal and whatever. Uh, Less money in coal, more money in puppy mills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I the, think the, that's going to be the future of 2021. There's still yeah. going to be a lot of suckers out there buying puppies. Really yeah. Is. Yeah. There's, there's going to point of the, the moral of the story is, uh, it's just got to be de obfuscated. Got to get, keep it clear, transparent. You know, yeah, when, yeah. You're, yeah. when you're buying, when you're buying the puppy, you know, you got to see who's holding it. What you want to see, crazy lady. Remember, <laughs> self, self, self-made uh, sweater um, that says "I heart my my doodle," you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Self-made sweater. You you can't. You do not want to be buying a puppy from a guy wearing a Patagonia's fleece who says, "I'm about to make puppy buying more efficient." <laughs> <laughs> you don't want. You, you don't want that. You don't want that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Well. This is uh this has been us I guess uh, yeah 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 and Gabe this is your last uh your yep, last for a while of, yeah of uh you're taking some vacay so we'll see you on the other side of uh the year uh and that's a, we look forward to it man you enjoy your vacation and that's that's all I got guys uh yeah happy new year to all of our friends in uh the po- all of our screamers <laughs> yeah oh I'll, I'll see you. Post my birthday, Gabe. Happy mm. bees, Ooh, Danny <laughs> That's right. Another a Sagittarius or Capricorn? What are you? I'm a, Cap- I'm a Capricorn. Don't get it twisted, you What's idiot. your birthday for anybody <laughs> that wants to send uh, send gifts? Uh, January 7th. Uh, very, very, oh, something special is happening on the 7th, too. I can't remember. Your birthday. I know! That's the special thing. You idiot! (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, the gift that keeps on giving is uh, write reviews uh, for the podcast and give us five stars. And uh, that will act as a gift for Danny. Yeah. Yeah. Write write review, uh, subscribe, all those things. Uh, Give to your local mutual aid organization. Uh, Give directly to people. People are really uh, suffering these days. That's the best investment that we can ask for. Don't give them a puppy, though. No. Because no. that is not going to help. No. <laughs> that's that's a, a big money pit. That's a money pit. That's an emotion pit. That's just a bad <laughs> pit. It's no, it's, it's, it's no good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs>